fired up, folks. It's WrestleMania 35 week, and you know what that means. Bonus time on the SOC. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell, and it is back with a bang, obviously. Banging hard for WM35 week. We got bonus time, and once again, this pro wrestling audio is underwritten, sponsored, backed, and jacked by that performance-enhancing audio. Folks, if you haven't heard, I don't know, the, the drops of <laughs> Jupiter that we that we put on you, the goodness, the, the bombs that we've dropped this week, get out and check out our audio, whether it's Wednesday's WrestleMania 35 preview, top to bottom, match to match, and the reveal of the first SOC, Mount Rushmore. Wow! It's Tuesday's NXT preview with interviews with Triple H and Adam Cole. You gotta check those out. Last week's interview with with Charlotte Flair. The week before with Jay Lethal. We're bringing it to you. Mania weekend in and out of WWE. And today, we've got even more as your boy BC and the Silver King himself, who books the guests in this territory, have a bonus pod of audio coming your way. We're hot and ready from the Big Apple. Let me bring this guy in. He's sitting next to me today. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Woo! You know who he is. He heads once or twice. He's the Silver King. Adam... Hey now. You know, it's fun saying hey now. Steps away from that Sirius XM building and the great Howard Stern. BC live from New York. It's the SOC, and we are back with our third WWE episode of the week. Out of four, by the way, folks, because do not forget, we have instant analysis coming after WrestleMania 35. But man, this has been quite a day. It's Thursday morning. BC, you and I, we just spent about an hour atop a roof on 57th Street in New York talking to the one and only challenger for the WWE Championship this coming Sunday, Kofi Kingston. Oh, hell yeah. We're going deep inside with Kofi. The journey to get there, here, the mindset, the unpredictability of life as a WWE superstar to even get an opportunity like this. But, Adam, that's not all. No, it's not. Uh, we're also sitting in our CBS Sports office here on 57th street and we just got off the phone with the miz and yes folks i'll say it it was awesome i told you so yes you did the miz is back to not only fire us up for his wrestlemania 35 match with shane mcmahon on sunday but talk about miz and misses with silver king sometimes you dip your toes into that damn reality space You've watched yourself some Miz and Miz. You're trying to get me. It's a good show. I have said, listen, I, I, for for a reality show, if you don't like this like reality sitcom style programming where it's 30, 60 minutes and it's not like a competition show such as Big Brother, which is my favorite of all time, or The Challenge, which The Miz, by the way, also was on on MTV and I did not get an opportunity to ask him about that. But if, if you like some of those other shows or even if you don't and you just like The Miz, it's a fun show. It's Miz and Maurice being... Probably 80% genuine, and you also have some really interesting characters on that show, so happy to speak with him. We discussed the, the show a little bit. For the little that I've watched, I'm pleasantly surprised how uh, the Maurice's comedic timing is not bad. She's really good. She's yeah. not bad. She's a beautiful lady as well. That's She's beautiful. We were going to end that discussion right there. We are. Risk it all. No, cannot have this discussion. <laughs> Mike, do not listen to this portion of the show. This is my no, show. No, this is my show, Mike. Yes. And that's why in order, we're coming right at you right away with Kofi Kingston. Look at him. We've talked about it in the WrestleMania preview this week. This is a big damn deal. Whether you're looking at it from the standpoint of being an African-American WWE superstar or just the standpoint of an organic build from somebody who was not penciled in to be in this spot just, what, a month, month and a half ago. And look where we are now. And let's not forget, you know, WWE, a little bit behind the fourth wall, just a tad, they schedule these media tours with performers that they know need to be featured for WrestleMania. The two performers they are featuring this week on Thursday is Kofi Kingston, not Daniel Bryan. On Friday, it's Becky Lynch, not Charlotte Flair. So if that goes to tell you anything, I'm not trying to sp spill the bag here and, and get the mess for everyone I think there's something to Kofi Kingston doing this interview with us. Whoa, are you shooting your shot right now, Silver King? Look, uh, we said it. We gave our predictions in the Wednesday episode. And by the way, 
I'm happy you're listening to this show. But if you did not listen to our two-hour and 46-minute extravaganza on Wednesday, Gonza, you need wow. to listen to the Ultimate WrestleMania 35 preview. And, by, and then once again, congratulations to Tristan Adelano, Omar Al-Rashid, Adam X. Parsons, and Bob Backlund at TalkBox for uh, getting a little closer to us, for joining the elite, for getting their faces carved into stone. But as we established, hey, you want to Benoit us? You're out. You're out of the, you're out of the family. You're out of the world. How dare me? Wow. All right. Anyway, enough of that. It's time to get to Kofi Kingston. Powers of positivity are back. Coming your way from a rooftop at NYC. Enjoy. Just days out from WrestleMania 35, the backdrop of New York City. Kofi Kingston. Yeah. I think they say concrete jungle where dreams are made of, there's nothing you can't do. Even compete for the WWE Championship Sunday MetLife Stadium just over the river. Uh, can we kick kayfabe to the curb? Can we mark out for a moment here? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on on the inside? You, Daniel Bryan, Sunday. This, this is the big it's, leagues. It's huge, man. Like, as a kid, this is all I've ever wanted to do. Like, when you're... Uh not doing uh, what you're what you're doing, what you're not supposed to do at home when you're playing and wrestling around with your other friends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you imagine being at WrestleMania and and wrestling for the WWE Championship. So for me, as cliche as it is to say that you know uh, my dreams are coming true, like this is all I've ever wanted to do and be in this position, uh, being on the roster for 11 years, having to grind to get to this point is um it's it's all paying off now. So uh, I'm I'm so so excited about it. 11 years underdog storyline, if you will, in this build yeah. to Daniel Bryan. But look, Kofi Kingston's no jobber, as they say. You're one of the more <laughs> decorated superstars there's been. I mean, what, four Intercontinental title reigns, three U.S., eight tag team. You're, you've held wow. the tag team championship at WWE more days than anyone else in history. Right. But there is that levels to this between that and getting to the WWE championship level. Did you think after 11 years you were going to get there? Where are yeah. you at in terms I, of... I, yeah, I, I, you always have to believe, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's always been, uh, like the end goal. So, um, if you're like just at, if you're just here, then like, why, why be here, you know? So, uh, for me and myself and Big E, my partners in the new day, our goal has always been to make sure that all of us are elevated, you know? So, um, yes, I'm the one that's like in this position, but I couldn't have gotten here without Big E and without Xavier. So, um, and again, if it was them in the position, like, I would be equally as happy for them as well. So, uh, yeah, man, it's one of those things where, like, you just keep grinding. You don't know what's going to come tomorrow, but you have to be ready just in the event that it does happen. WrestleMania 35, uh, one of the big storylines, of course, is you and Daniel Bryan. It's also the women main eventing for the first time. And in talking to some of those women, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and talking to WWE uh, brass, it's like, this isn't just a feel-good story. It's got to make sense business-wise for them to close the show. It's got to make sense business-wise for Kofi Kingston to compete for the WWE Championship. Oh, yeah. Why you? Why right now? Who knows, man? It's honestly like uh, it's kind of a fate thing. And if you believe in that kind of thing, uh, if if Ali doesn't get hurt, I'm not in this position, like period, point blank. Like he, he ended up uh, getting hurt. And then we found out that he wasn't going to be in the elimination chamber. And I was the one that was called upon to replace him in that match. We had a gauntlet match the week before elimination chamber, which I did very well in. Um, and then it was just amazing at Elimination Chamber. It came down to me and Daniel Bryan and like the crowd in Houston was just so electric, you know, for me to be in that position. It was, I realized that like it wasn't just something that I wanted to do for a long time, but it was something that people wanted to see for a long time. So, um, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, I take a lot of pride in being able to read all my, my comments on uh, Twitter and on social media and all the responses that people have had. I literally cannot get to the bottom of my timeline <laughs> because people are just like always putting in like, you know, compliments and Normally just that could comments be a and everything. Of bad so things. Like, I love that. It's all positive. Yeah, right it's, it's all good, man. It's, it's all love. So, um, I'm just real fortunate to be in this position right now. Did it surprise you? That it's that much love. And it's not a surprise because New Day is one of the more celebrated uh, top of the pops in terms of being getting a push axe in WWE. You've been named that's been around. You've accomplished. But this is a different kind of feel for this build. Yeah. There's an organic love. I mean, when we say Kofi Mania, it's not just a tagline. Right. <laughs> as much as it feels like WWE fans willed Daniel Bryan to the top in 2014. I'm getting that feel again. Were you surprised at all that it was this intense? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just been wild. And I, like oftentimes I've uh, so even on SmackDown uh, this past week, when I walked out, they're like everyone had Kofi Mania signs. So I just like what came out and like about to have my like, you know, get into character moment. And I see everybody. I'm just like, oh, my God, like this is so real right now, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it, that's the I think the poetic thing about this whole situation is that like the shoe is on the other foot with Daniel Bryan being in the same position and having to go through so much, uh, you know, um, just conflict and 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 you know just. So, so many obstacles that he had to climb to get to WrestleMania. He had to beat Triple H and Batista and Randy Orton in one night. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be able to beat any of those people in one match is enough, let alone, like, having to do it all in one night is uh, is amazing. And people were behind that, you know, the whole yes movement. And it's it's very similar to the power of positivity. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he calls it, but it's all about momentum. And the, the best storylines on television always have a, a little bit of reality to them, right? And a lot of times they're unplanned and they just happen. And then all of a sudden it just kind of like catches fire. So for me to be in the middle of all this, this fire is, um, it's awesome. You, know, well, you nailed it. I think that's why people are connecting because it feels real. The, the ways in which you come into the spot feel real. It's not just Ali's injury. I think a lot of people looked at where Daniel Bryan was with the WWE Championship. If you had sure. to guess, if you had to book the territory, you said maybe he's going to go into a series with Kevin Owens. Who knows? At some point, right. You and the crowd force that change, force that hand. I ask people this when they get elected to the WWE Hall of Fame. Where were you? What was the phone call like? I asked Charlotte Flair, where was the phone call? She said, Vince took me in the office and said, you're main eventing. For you, Kofi Kingston, where was that moment where this wasn't just a good feel-good story? It became, I might be... I might be at WrestleMania for the WWE yeah. Championship. When did that happen? Well, I'm just kind of like a one-day-at-a-time type guy. And you can tell, like, from the, the story that we've been telling on TV, it's been like a big roller coaster where, you know, like, Vince McMahon, like, when he, he doesn't get involved with just anybody, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's a big deal when he starts getting involved in, like, the, 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 the things that you're trying to do in the ring. So that means that, like, you're doing something right. So at that point, I was just like, oh, I think, I think we might have something here. But I don't know. Like, I, I've been around for long enough to see things go, and I, I've been saying this all day, but, like, they go from zero to 100, they go from 100 to zero. So, like, at the drop of a hat. So I, I, I'm not getting excited until it actually happens, you know, and I actually get there. Like, even if you're told one thing, like, the card is always subject to change. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and just, you know, one foot in front of the other. And hopefully on Sunday, things go the right way. But, but, but was there a phone call? Was there that moment where a text message where you go, this is, this is happening? As, it, as things stand was, now, I just made that leap. Yeah, it was a lot of just, like, again, like, not knowing. You know, I think people think that it's it's a, a lot more organized uh, or uh, kind of set than it is when it comes to like storylines and things like that. But things are like constantly changing. We might go into it with the mindset of something happening or like thinking something's going to happen one day. And then as soon as we get to the building, like it's completely changed. But then by the end of the day, it's changed back or it's changed like in the middle of the ring. Like so much stuff like actually is is always like constantly evolving and like changing. So um I don't know, like I was told one thing one day, then the next day, like it was something else. And I was like, oh, well, Kevin Owens is going to be at Fastlane and, you know, you're going to be doing this. And then I'm like, OK, like, what are, where are we going? And I don't know. But um, that's like the best thing about this uh, job is that you don't know what's coming. Uh, and not only just as a fan, but as a person who is like in the middle of a storyline, like you don't know. Saying, and like that's uh, that to me is like is the best part, just being able to like fly by the seat of your pants and, and just uh you know, you, you just never know what comes next, and that's really exciting. That certainly adds to the realism. It's been a big part overall of what's made this this build feel so special. And, and part of that realism is the support you've had from your New Day mates, Biggie, yeah. Xavier Woods, because I've interviewed, interviewed you guys many times. Yeah. And the continuing thread in there, away from storyline, is how much they love and respect you. How much yeah. they say, no, stop for a second. <laughs> Don't talk about our eight title reigns. Talk about that Kofi's won every championship but the big one. Yeah, so when man. I see what they're doing on screen, I say, I've seen that in real it's life many real. times. Yeah. What's that like to know that these guys are willing to sacrifice their own spot at Mania for your moment? Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, like I said, like without Big E and Woods, like this moment doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a point in time where like I uh, – you know, would be like the happy-go-lucky guy that would go out, have a good match, and probably end up losing the match. Like, that was me for, like, you know, two years straight. And it gets to a point where it's like, all right, I mean, it's cool to, like, be doing this, but now it's getting kind of boring, kind of repetitive. And um, Biggie and Woods came to me, and they asked me if I wanted to join them in a group of guys who weren't happy with their position with the company. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, I would love to do this to be able to, like, have a change in my career at this point. And uh, we started hanging out. We started riding together. And then we started realizing that we had, like, a real rapport and a real like chemistry and we liked each other and we did a lot of the same things. We liked a lot of the same, you know, movies and music and just had so many common interests that the bond like became very real. You know, we went through probably a good five months of trying to get on TV, going into Vince's office every single week and saying, Hey, this is what we want to do. And he's like, Oh, don't do that. Maybe like tweak it. So we go and like tape uh, things on our own and then bring it back to him and show him just what we want to do and you know back and forth literally for like five months 
and then we finally get to TV and then um, we're rejected by the people. So we've gone through like a whole just like uh, a, a range of emotions from like working so hard, being rejected, having to work hard to get to where we are. Um, and that's a that's like a very, very real bond. So um, the more uh, I, I hang out with Biggie and Woods and I look around and see other guys in the WWE roster, like I realize how rare that bond is. There are some people who are tag team partners who don't even like actually like each other. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just I realized how fortunate I am to have crossed paths with these guys. And I really do consider them to be my brothers. And um, I, uh, you know, we spend more time with each other than we do with our own families. Literally every week we travel together. We've traveled together for the past five years, never been in any kind of fights or, you know, um, altercations or whatever, you know, knock on wood. But like, it's uh, it really is a great a great bond, and I'm really fortunate to be uh, to be associated with these guys. And you mentioned when New Day first launched, late 2014, it was not well received by the fans. <laughs> Look, I remember specifically <laughs> January 2015 being at a SmackDown in Hartford, yeah. and the crowds heckling the New Day as people yeah. are walking through the tunnel. They're yelling it ironically, New Day. Yeah, you guys are very self-made, and I would I would guess in how you were able to turn that around. Yeah. How did you turn that around? How did you take that from almost this gospel group, almost this this yeah. this, this joke, to uh, probably the biggest merch mover in the company? Right. At the so we so we when we went into uh, Vince's office, we said, "Look, man, whatever you give us, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it, and we'll be able to make it succeed because of our chemistry." And then when he told us, you know, I want you guys to be preachers and you preach positivity, we're all just sitting in his office, just like, "Oh my God!" Like. This is what we asked for, okay? And he was just like, you know, kind of nodding. But all of, all of us are at the same time are thinking like, this is not going to be well received by the crowd at all. But it was great because we wanted to be bad guys anyway. You know what I'm saying? So we just went out there and like did it as hard as we could. And, um, you know, people rejected us. And we actually got the chance. For me, like I've been trying to be a bad guy for a long time. But they were like, oh, you know, you're, 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 too, you're too smiley. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're too good at being a good guy. We'll never make you a bad guy. So uh, to be able to do that and actually do it, like from a, a a happy perspective and I'm going out there like telling people to be better and you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're rejecting me and like telling me that I suck, you know? So um yeah man, like I said, dude, it's like um we went through some uh some really intense things and I think that we became so good at being bad that uh everyone just started to embrace us. And when you see us like out there having fun, you can't help but want to have fun yourself. So that's really uh, what it's all about. Like WWE is all about crowd participation. People see what's going on in the ring and they they want to be entertained, you know. So anyone who's seen us go out there, you know that at the very least you'll be entertained. You know what I'm saying? So we take pride in, in, in doing that. As you're going through the, the four years plus with, with New Day to this point, and look, you can't argue with what New Day has accomplished in that time, connecting with fans, collecting titles and all that. At some point, you helped make them in some ways, as much as they helped make you. I mean, if you retired yeah. today, the first line of your legacy would be the New Day. But was the competitor inside, the Kofi Kingston, the guy who shows up to work every day, who says, maybe I want even more than this. How much was that bungling up saying, I may be 37 years old right now, but I know I still got it inside me to have a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's one of those things, again, it's like not that I would want to go above and outside the group. I think you're trying to drive a wedge. You know, you're, you guys you're always there, call me a wedge you're, driver. You're a wedge driver. You try to work your way in. Oh, did Kofi Kingston want more? We always want more for the group. And, like, that's always been, like, at the center and the nucleus of the new day is us, like, uplifting each other. So, yeah, we always wanted more. Um, and, and like I said, if, uh, if it was E in this position, we'd all be happy for him. If it was Woods in this position, we'd all be happy for him too. But for all of us collectively as a group, like that was always the goal is to, you know, lift each other up. And, and that was a big part of why I did agree to uh, be a part of it because, um, I always feel like it's important to, uh, to pass on what you know to those who are like trying to come up and anything that I could have done to like, you know, raise Woods and E up, you know, um, I was more than willing to do. Um, so yeah, here we here we all are, all helping each other up, and and uh, and and we're going to WrestleMania. <laughs> hey, just because my dream is a triple threat New Day match, don't call me a wedge wow, driver. Right? Wow, hey, that's, that's, that's a wedge right driver. There. Always trying to drive a wedge, trying to drive a wedge, trying to find a crack in the foundation, but you won't find it. You haven't been able to find it for the past five years because it doesn't exist and it never will exist. Come on, this guy, huh? This guy. All right, at, at, at thirty-seven <laughs> though, with everything you have accomplished, if this didn't happen right now. Okay, if New Day was on the kickoff show, let's say, yep. would you be able to have retired feeling completely content with what you have accomplished as a WWE superstar? Because, look, it's very real behind the scenes, the competition to get to the top. Yeah. Would you have been happy with with the many titles you collected without getting to that very ceiling? Uh, Probably not. Probably, I mean, not completely happy. I think that I've been fortunate to have experienced a lot of great things. 
Um, I think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who haven't become WWE champion who have had great careers. So, I mean, it might have been fine, but um, luckily we don't have to, like, think about that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and um, even no matter, like, what the result is on Sunday, um, I, to, to be in this position and to have felt like this this roller coaster of emotions and the support of the people is awesome. It's great. It's great. So um, it's an amazing experience, man. Just, you know, this is a... Uh, not everyone gets to do this like this, so I'm really fortunate to be in this position. Well, I look back at the pre-New Day Kofi Kingston run, and there were some big moments. The run with Randy Orton, I thought it was going to the top of the yeah. pops. Was there ever a moment where you felt you had more to give, where it didn't, it didn't hit? What, what was that moment? Where, what was yeah. the hard spot early on in your rise where you're like, I know I have more? There was so much. Uh, I remember specifically, and I talk about this all the time, like, uh, the first WrestleMania that I was involved in was the Money in the Bank, and um, I did like a whole bunch of cool things, innovative like maneuvers, and had like a great performance. I came through the gorilla, through, through the curtain, and everybody was standing ovation. You know, great job. Next day, I wasn't on Monday Night Raw, so I'm like, oh my god, like I I did everything that I could do, and I'm not getting my benefit. Same thing with like the whole Randy Orton storyline. Like we were doing some awesome things, Madison after in the city, you know, Madison Square Garden, put him through a table. Um, you know, Roddy Piper was involved in the segment. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, and then, like, that, you know, kind of hit a ceiling, too. And then so it's been a lot of just, like, ups and downs. And, um, you know, uh, it, it definitely gets to a point where it's like, man, what do I got to do? You know, and you start thinking that, you know, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? But you always have to stay ready. And I keep telling people, like, that I always kept my, my blade sharp, you know, so that in the event that I was called upon that I'd be able to perform. And luckily, like... Uh, I was called upon two months ago, and now here we are again going to WrestleMania. Like, just it's awesome. By blade sharp, you mean abs tight. Abs tight, blade sharp, you know, however you want to call it, you know, but always stay ready. You know, when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Ali got injured for you to get this moment. Ali's got his own good story in yeah. positive vibes in terms of the way he fought to have himself presented for guys of his religion, his skin color, his background. Yeah. For you, you originally, look, ECW vignettes, Trouble in Paradise, it was great stuff. You might cringe at it looking back now. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but there was a point where you hit your own crossroads and said, look, I don't want the Jamaican accent anymore. I'm from right. Ghana. I want to represent that. Why was right. that important back then to where you actually are now? Well, uh, so, I mean, from the whole, uh, just, again, like, realism aspect, like I said, the, the, the best characters uh, have uh, a, a root in reality. You know, it's usually just yourself with the volume turned up, Steve Austin, uh, the Rock, Triple A, these are all performers, but that's that's them. You know what I mean? Like they just like turned the volume up a little bit. So um, at the point, like I, I'd never actually even been to Jamaica. So for me to be out there like playing a Jamaican character is like, uh, I mean, it's cool and entertaining and everything. So but there was trouble to, like, in paradise. You there was right. actual trouble in paradise, you know. But I was really relieved to like not have to do that anymore because it's hard enough to like. Um, Think about what you have to say, let alone like how you have to say it, you know, and my Jamaican accent is terrible. I know. Sorry, Jamaica, you know, but um, right near the beach, <laughs> right near the beach, Kofi Kingston look like there's trouble in paradise. I used to get like threats on uh, on MySpace all the time. Like, you're not Jamaican. And just like, you know, so uh, it, it's cool to like, you know, look back at it. I, I wouldn't change a thing because like that is part of the story. But um, yeah, I was definitely relieved to like not have to do that anymore. <laughs> and it helped you come out and be yourself. You are from Africa. You're the first African-born WWE superstar to Crazy. win a championship. Now you're going to the WWE championship where there hasn't been a long decorated history of, of, of men of color winning this title. You got Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson. If you go to the lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship, you certainly have Mark Henry and Booker T. We talked about the realism in here. Yeah. I heard some of the some of the scripted words coming out of your mouth, Biggie's mouth, Xavier Woods is like us aren't supposed to be here. How important has been pushing that? narrative to the forefront in yeah this and, and and you know when we say guys like us like it, it can mean anything you know what i'm saying like we we definitely um you know i i, I wear pigtails i uh, i skip i twerk you know what i'm saying like these are the guys who you don't see in uh you know in, in these roles and and obviously uh, being african-american in this role too is is so important because we always talk about representation how important it is for people to be able to look to their screens and see people that look like them so that you know for a fact that anything is possible because you're actually seeing it like that's so important so um we take a lot of pride in being able to represent you know um african-american males doing great things on tv uh and then again with this whole storyline like it it transcends all of that because it's like the whole underdog story like people struggle every single day and they look to people to give them motivation and um for me to be like 
a guy who's able to motivate somebody to do great things is awesome. I take a lot of pride in being that like beacon of light and hope for people of all races and all, you know, genders and backgrounds and everything like that, that they can look to uh, this story and believe, you know, that's it's definitely really important. Powers of positivity. Here. POP, like hold like it down that. for real. It's has, real life. It, has it been hard though when you look at the history in this business going across many different promotions that men of color haven't consistently got that push? Is that something that you're very aware of that that it leads into this moment? Yeah, it, it's um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where uh, you you work as hard as you can and you control what you can control. You know, I, I can sit here and like speculate all day, but I think what's important is that we're on the cusp of something special now. You know, and um, and that's just so cool. Again, for me to be the one who's like in this position, you know, talking about this and again, providing that motivation for people is, is so important. So, um, yeah, it's you know, you uh, you control your own destiny. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the only thing that you really can control is like how hard you work. So um, I just I go out and I work as hard as I can and then let the cards fall where they do. Luckily, they're falling in a good place right now. <laughs> the New Day is three members. We have this debate on our podcast and CBS all the time. Yeah. Is it actually a faction with only three? Is that a group or a team? Is New Day a faction? Would you... we, we consider ourselves to be a faction. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people consider us to be a tag team, but we consider ourselves to be more of a faction. Like, it wasn't uh, just our goal to be, like, tag team champions. It was something where, like, one guy could be a singles champion. And you have two tag team champions, or all three guys can be singles champions, or all three guys can be tag team champions. So we don't put ourselves in a box for, for anything. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You can call us whatever you want. We are, we're just the New Day. Do you think what the New Day's already built in four, four years, really? I mean, four plus years, five years is going to be looked at when it's all said and done on the level of factions we're talking about. We're talking about Degeneration X getting in the Hall of Fame this year. Maybe the last ride for the Shield this year. Oh, yeah. The Horsemen, NWO across the board. What's New Day's ultimate legacy going to be? Who knows? I, I honestly like I don't mean to like uh, sound like cocky or whatever, but I feel like we're already in the Hall of Fame. You know, we've done a lot of crazy and special things. Um, being able to go like toe to toe with The Rock, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just, uh, you know, being able to host WrestleMania at the time, like being the only active talent to do that, like Alexa Bliss will be doing it this year. Um, but, um, you know, uh, the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. You know what I mean? Like five time tag team champions, like our accolades alone, I think have put us in there. And, um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. If but you if stay you, together if here, I, me, if I get the book, you might you know? be broken up for business purposes. <laughs> okay, never, 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 never. There will never be a wedge driven between the new day. Well, you guys have been amazing at getting over anything from uh, cereal to popcorn to those things you used to wear on your head that look like awkward things. Yeah, that's well, what's awkward about a unicorn. I mean, you know, what's, what's a unicorn? Magic is between? awkward. Yeah, what's awkward magic? about that? Another, what's awkward you guys about can that? get it's over anything heart. at this point. <laughs> One thing you haven't gotten over, though, for honest, New Day has not had a mania moment yet. Yes, you hosted in Orlando a couple yeah. years ago, but I looked it up in the five years. It was like. Squashed by the uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, remember them? <laughs> we fought hard. Lost to League of Nations? Squashed. Who's that? Lost is a hard Lost to Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Do you remember those we two had, guys? We had an amazing entrance with the League of Nations. We came out of a box of video, so did we really lose? All I'm saying Think here, Bofi, is New Day hasn't lose? had the moment at WrestleMania this Sunday at WrestleMania 35 <laughs> when you were going up against Daniel Bryan and the New Day brethren are by your side. They got your back. This could be the moment. Well, we'll see. Could be Kofi's moment. Could be New Day's moment. Could be, like I'm saying, like one day at a time. Again, like uh, when it happens. If and when it happens, then we're, it'll be an amazing moment. But again, we're just trying to get there first. And, and Daniel Bryan is going to be a, uh, you know, uh, he might not be the tallest, but he's definitely a, a, a big mountain to climb. He's so talented. Uh, he's so good at the craft, you know, um, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. So we definitely have a big, uh, big task in front of us. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll climb that mountain. And do what we have to do to get the job done. He's been brilliant. He does have issues with your consumerism. Right? I, 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 as he, yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good message. He's just a, a, a jerk in the way he delivers it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, hopefully we can shut him up. Too. All right, let's, talk, let's end here talking about feels. Yeah. When you walk out in MetLife Stadium on Sunday in front of 75, 80,000 people, what do you think you're going to feel? Because it's going to be special. It's going to be different from any other moment you've had up to this point. I put my hands on you. I'm getting ready here. What's the feels going to be like? What are you going to be thinking about? Are you going to be thinking about the small high school gyms in Boston when you started out your career? What are you going to I have on? no idea, man. It's going to be uh, really, really emotional. My family's going to be there. Um, my dad's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. I uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like Even like thinking about it now, I'm like kind of like half starting to get like emotional a little bit. So I'm trying not to go there, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to control it on Sunday. But we'll see. We'll all find out together. <laughs>
It's living the dream right here. This Sunday, WrestleMania 35, MetLife Stadium, the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. Took a long time to get here. 11 hard years, man. Years, baby. Here we are. All the hard work paid off. <laughs> this will be paradise. No trouble whatsoever. No trouble. Just paradise, right? <laughs> we, we wish you all the luck. Thanks Thank so much you, man. for joining us. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, look, Kofi Kingston. What a what? First of all, I, I know I say this a lot, but what a nice guy. What a great guy. C- couldn't have happened to a better person. You heard it in there. Absolutely. And, and look, there was crew up there. He made sure to shake everyone's hand. It was extremely nice to everyone. There was a security guard downstairs. Uh, again, breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Uh, we brought, you know, he knew WWE guy was coming into the CBS broadcast center. He's like, hey, which wrestlers are coming? We said Kofi Kingston. The guy's eyes lit up and Kofi made sure to shake his hand as well and say hello. Uh, it was great to have him. And for everyone, you know, just listening to this and that has not seen the video, which will be on YouTube, will be on the State of Combat social media account at State of Combat on Twitter. It was like 50 degrees and we're like 10 floors up in New York City. It was cold. And so Kofi really maintained his composure. <laughs> uh, and I give him massive amounts of credit because the guy was wearing a tracksuit and a T-shirt. Yeah. And look, we uh, talking about his journey to get there was great. It was entertaining. It was eye-opening to a certain degree. I'd, how consistent. Look, I was trying to get a moment. I'm trying to say, was it Vince who called you? What happened? And he's saying, look, people don't realize things change quick. They change so quick that he didn't even really let himself believe this was real. And even now, we're doing the media for 35, the match against Daniel Bryan. Anything can happen. And anything can happen to open the door for him to get in there. And it felt like he was almost saying, there may be some other hurdle, creatively or not, put in my way. Who knows, by Sunday... Yeah, I'm not. Am I reading into it anymore? Well, I don't know. The whole time we were talking to him, I was like, "This is awesome that we're interviewing Kofi Kingston." But I kept having to like remind myself he's in a WWE title match at WrestleMania. Like it didn't almost seem real that it was actually happening. And look, you guys know anyone that's listened to this show, I'm all in on Kofi and. It was really exciting to be able to deliver that to you for Brian to speak with him for an extended period of time, by the way. Um, It it was just special, and I thought he gave some great answers. Obviously, Brian, once again, trying to be the wedge driver. Kofi not allowing that to happen. Well, Kofi, it, it would, it's money, okay? A Miz, uh, I'm sorry, the Miz, sorry. The, a New Day triple threat match would be friggin' money. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll drive that wedge. I've been trying to drive it for years. Well, you Doesn't can, mean they have to stay apart, right? You can keep driving those wedges, but you know what? We have a lot of show left. I'm going to drive one before we continue, and we're going to hear a quick word from our friends and sponsors. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! And we're back. And uh, just to close on Kofi Kingston, and we're removing all the fourth walls. We're telling it like it is. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. We'll allow it under any circumstances. And, and that's, that's the, the bottom, bottom line. line. Uh, how did you, how do you think he fielded that politically in terms of his thoughts? Uh, I mean, he's not going to trash WWE or the wrestling business right now ahead of his biggest moment, but it can't be great for these amazing African-American athletes who have been, I don't want to say marginalized, but there's been a, just like the women until this year, until a couple years ago, there's been a ceiling. There's been a lack of opportunities. What I loved about his answer was, and, you know, I'm going to do a little Barry Horowitz here. I'm actually physically doing it in front of BC. It, he really echoed what I said a couple weeks ago. He must have been listening. He, yeah, may, maybe he was. Uh, it's about representation. And that's what he said. It's about showing young African-American children in this country, male, female, you know, whatever gender, that you can be WWE champion. You can be women's champion. We just recently had Naomi as women's champion. And and obviously we've had Jackie and others before her. Um, but... It's to show that these kids watching, and WWE is a PG product, that, yes, this is not restricted for a certain guy who looks a certain way and is a certain size. 
You can be, you can have a long beard and long hair like Daniel Bryan. You can be a black guy with with pigtails or or whatever he called them. Um, who you throw- can get juiced up on HGH and you can go to the top. <laughs> you can. So so that I thought that part of his answer was fair. And he also said something that you and I both you know mentioned, which was, yeah, they weren't outwardly saying this is a racial angle. Because it's it, oh he corrected me quick he, he did like, because it's because they did it on purpose on TV they want those that want to think of it that way to think of it that way but they want others to be able to say people like us meaning guys who wear unicorn horns guys who wear these bright colors who throw pancakes have fun are positive role models they too can be champions and be pushed in WWE so while the answer was not as adult as maybe you and I would have loved because we could have talked about it and written stories about it and so on it was the right answer for him to give especially giving the fact that he had a WWE PR guy standing right well, there true. next to him and by the way it is smart in general for WWE to tease that people like us but like he said people like us could be could be wearing, anything could wear and be wearing a pink shirt wearing pigtails whatever great talking to the co- to Kofi I wish him well you come out of that wishing him to get this moment they hope the book right. goes his way you, you just you, you feel like look we want it as fans but I kind of want it as a person too I know, and I you talked know. to him off camera. He's married. He's got a, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and and he doesn't let his kids watch TV or the product in general. Wow, I didn't so know, he's I didn't like, they that. have no idea at this point what's happening. <laughs> but he said, look, the, I asked him, where are they, they going to be on the documentary, the WWE 24? He's like, yeah, the cameras are rolling now. They're going to be on it. And he goes, I'm excited to give them years from now a chance to look back and say, Dad did something pretty cool heading into this weekend. So we enjoy that as well. Another person that will be busy this weekend is The Miz. He's awesome. He's got season two of the reality show, and he's really turned around his legacy and his reputation. It's a feel-great story, the fact that he's come full circle now. He's a babyface, and people love him. We're going to chat with him right now ahead of Sunday. Let's check it out. Let's enjoy. Mike the Miz, Mizanin, the star, the star of Miz and Mrs. on uh, season two on E! WrestleMania 35 weekend. Hey, things are looking up, Mike. How's it going, brother? It is looking up, and it's on USA Network, not E. Thanks for, good thanks for Lord. knowing. Appreciate it. <laughs> Where are my <laughs> press notes? Right? It was a hell of an introduction anyway. We had a good run up to that point, though, Mike. Thank you we for did. getting in the way. Thank you for fixing that. Uh, live live program there. There we go. Uh, look, fantastic. Congratulations. Obviously, a match against Shane McMahon we want to talk about. But for this show to have taken off like it has on the USA Network, brother, how proud are you of this? This is your real life being put out there. You know, that's my wife and I have set out to do something that we are absolutely proud of. That's why we wanted to be executive producers as well as stars of our own show. And, you know, we set out to do that and we created a show that is like, let's call it the hybrid reality because, you know, this is a show that, that showcases what it's like to be first time parents on the entertainment industry. And, you know, when you watch this show, we want something that, you know, is for the family. You could sit down with, with everyone and, and just watch blacks step out of your reality, enter ours, and be entertained and just laugh. You know, there's so much negativity in the world. You know, our show is about, you know, looking at it in a positive light. You got some characters there, from from George Mizanin to the great <laughs> Marjo. I mean, just show I you. Love, I love that you call him Mizanin because he is the only Mizanin. He calls himself George Mizanin. I go, Dad, you do realize we're Mizanins. He goes, yeah, I'm George, George Mizanin. I'm like, Dad, we're Mizanins. <laughs> Miz, that's where the Miz comes from. Yeah, my dad. Like, everyone in our family says Miz, except for my dad. <laughs> uh, is Marjo pushing for her own show at this point? I mean, can you contain her? Uh, everyone, please stop talking about it, because, you know, if, if you think that, you know, you're talking about it, wait till you get a load of her. She literally talks about it all the time. She goes, yesterday she got into uh, into New York City and got to the hotel, and there were fans outside, and everyone's like, Marjo, Marjo. She's like, just see <laughs> They love me. I'm like, oh, my God, please stop talking about it. She's going to get a big head and think she's a superstar. Ms. one thing I love about the show so much, and I'm not a huge reality television guy. Look, we know there's some realism. There's a little bit of planned content in there. It just feels like your relationship with Maurice and the stuff that happens on the show is way more real than planned like some of these other shows. Is that the case? Do you you guys really bounce off each other like this? we really wanted to showcase, you know, what it's like. And I, and, I, and I always said when I was on The Real World, I'm going to give you all of me. And if people don't like me, then, then I guess then you're just going to have to deal with it because I'll have to accept that because you're just getting me. And that's what we set out to do, Maurice, myself, as well as, you know, 
all the other, you know, lovable characters that you have on the show, Marjo, my dad, my mom, you know, you know, we have a ton of friends that come in. I set out to basically say to bring people in that can't help being themselves. And that's what I think creates the best reality star are people that just, you, you can't help being you and you can't help our relationship. We're not, we're not putting an act on, you know, we are, we are basically showcasing exactly what goes on in our day-to-day lives and in an entertaining way and trying to tell you an amazing story with these incredible characters. And I think uh, people are going to enjoy it. The reason why I call it the hybrid reality is because I look at our show, not like a housewives or like a Kardashians. I look at our show like an office, like a modern family, like a curvy enthusiasm, like a Seinfeld. I want it to be looked at as like that. Like if it's funny, I tell people, this is my four year consideration nod for Emmys and for people's choice and kids choice and all that stuff. Because I do truly believe that, we, we could win, you know, these, these type of awards and these, these type of things to, to get, you know, nodded for, you know, because I feel like we are the underdogs. We are the people that no one expects to, to come out there and do it. And the ratings are showing it right now because a lot of people are watching. All right, Mike, nobody likes worse than getting parenting advice from another parent. You have the beautiful Monroe Sky. Congratulations on your beautiful daughter. She's a part of this show as well. But I think she's got her own like Instagram account by this point. She's already a reality TV star. Hey, we saw what happened to Todd Bridges. You have to pull back the reins here so that you don't have a diva before she can even walk. <laughs> Listen, we uh, we are doing the best we possibly can uh, as parents. And uh, yeah, we got her an Instagram account. We thought it'd be fun. And I didn't realize people would actually follow her. I mean, it's, it's crazy. She has like over a hundred thousand followers. Um, and then, uh, you know, we got her Twitter account and, uh, you know, she's on, she's the star of the show, to be honest. And, uh, you know, it's, it's our job as parents to educate her, to guide her, to teach her and to be there for her, to show her the love and support that, that she, she deserves. And, uh, that's, that's my job as, as, as a parent. And, you know, being a WWE superstar, I'm a, I'm away a lot, but I make sure that I'm always there for her and in, in any way or shape or form or capacity, especially my wife. My wife is an absolutely incredible mother. She does not like being away for even a second of Monroe. It's, uh, it's incredible to watch them two together. All right, Mike, we got to talk business now. You and this dirtbag, Shane McMahon, Sunday, WrestleMania 35, MetLife Stadium. This past week on SmackDown, we collect sound drops on this podcast. You delivered a gem. And Shane, you know what? Thank you very much. You've got a dad. So I guess that makes you a son of a bitch. Oh, my God, the people pop for that, Mike. You're a baby face. This is... The reactions have been incredible. You could do no wrong right now. How much fun is working with the great Shane McMahon for this feud? Crazy. It's absolutely insane the amount of, uh, you know, it's been 13 years in the making, too, by the way. It's taken a long time to get to where I am. Now I feel like the audience is really respecting, you know, what I do as a WWE superstar and really enjoying you know what I do. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's a good guy, you know, people just clap because they don't, they like you a little bit more than they like the other person. Well, I feel like people really do respect the 13 plus years I've been in WWE. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, come MetLife Stadium, Shane McMahon versus the Miz Falls Count Anywhere, it's going to be a match that people are going to remember. And they're going to remember it because they're seeing a whole new side of the Miz a side that's never been done before, and uh, I think people are really going to be excited to see it. But you called Vince McMahon, uh, you called Shane McMahon a son of a bitch. You're talking about the parents. We're getting personal here. We're getting family. Hey, would George be willing to blade if needed on Sunday, Miz? Tell me. My dad will be there. Uh, You know, my whole family will be there. Uh, My friends will be there. You know, I have a lot of people that love coming in. You know, before I was a WWE superstar, I was a huge fan. You know, my friends and I used to sit in my live, my dad's living room and we would sit there and eat like pizza and watch, you know, every single pay-per-view that was on, whether it's WWE, ECW or WCW. And so now, you know, being a WWE superstar, those friends that were in my living room are still my friends to this day. And they've supported me all the way through my career. And they'll be there along with my dad, my mom, you know, Monroe's having her first one. Mark Show will be there. Everyone will be there. But from the concept of it's old school to say my dad can beat up your dad. When you look at Shane, I don't know if this is the case. George may have to turn around and run the other way if VKM starts getting into this feud. Mike, let's be honest here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want to see that happen. To be honest, I, I, maybe everyone else does. 
Uh, maybe everybody wants to see Vince McMahon versus George Mizanin, but uh, but uh, I want to protect my dad and make sure my dad is always okay uh, and 100%. It's one thing to put your hands on me. It's another thing to put your hands on my family. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I appreciate uh, now more than ever is family. You know, having Monroe, it brought a whole new love to my heart that I didn't even know I had. And, you know, now, you know, I appreciate my parents even more seeing the work that it takes to, to be a father. What's interesting, though, is the, the great part about this feud has been the daddy issues. You joining with Shane McMahon and storyline to please George Mizanin. But if we're honest, if we can take real life and get into the psychiatric chair here, Mike, Shane might be the one with daddy issues. The guy's nearly 50 years old and he's still jumping off of cages. When's Vince going to give him a damn hug? That's, you know, that's that's exactly uh, kind of the, the way that I went about trying to have Shane uh, become a tag team with me because, you know, I try to find something that would resonate with him. And I think it really does. He's not going to admit it. You know, Shane McMahon's never going to say like, you know, my dad's never said, I, I love you. Imagine Vince saying those words, you know, with, with, with Shane, you know, he's, he's a daredevil, you know, he's fearless. He's, he's, a, he's a McMahon. And I think there's a reason why he's always doing these, these, these fearless things. It's to impress and to, you know, get approval from his father. Uh, and I'm not saying that from him, but I, I'm, that's what I think uh, is happening right now. And I think there's a jealousy involved. And I think that's why everything has happened that's happened. And now that, that it has happened and that he has put his hands on my dad, now we're going to settle it all at MetLife Stadium for 80,000 people, millions watching at home on the WWE Network. Mike, I wanted to ask you, you were involved last year in one of the bigger feuds with Daniel Bryan. It was one of those feuds that we never knew if we could have, it was one of those things we didn't think we were ever going to get a chance to see, to see that play out that goes all the way back to August 2016. Mohegan Sun, smack, what, the, what the heck was that show called? Talking Smack. It started there. Were you pleased, though, from a creative, from a performer standpoint, the way that feud ended? I mean, it may not be over. You guys can fight forever for all I care. I don't think it's ever over. What? I don't think with Daniel Bryan it's ever over. This is a feud that just keeps going and going and going. And no, I don't think it's over because after I'm done with Shane, I mean, I was always set on the WWE championship when Daniel Bryan threw the WWE championship in the garbage and created this, this new title that his daughter made an arts and crafts class. Um, you know, it really set me off. You know, there's, there's a prestige and an honor that a title has and that that person holding that title, it, it has to do with it. And I think, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan now is showcasing exactly who I always said he was. And uh, nobody believed me at the time because we were so beloved by Daniel. But Daniel is all about Daniel Bryan and what's best for Daniel Bryan. So now, you know, after I'm done with Shane McMahon, you know, my eye is always set on the WWE Championship. But who knows if he's even going to have it because, you know, Kofi Kingston's hotter than ever. And he's got a match with Daniel Bryan. And, you know, you know, Kofi's not one to, to sidestep. I mean, he is hotter than ever. The fans are completely behind him. He's got, you know, the New Day who are just, uh, you know, behind him as well. So, I mean, he's got a lot of things going for him, and so he could become, you know, WWE champion at WrestleMania. You know, that's exactly what I was about to ask you about, because, Miz, you've had that WrestleMania main event moment. Obviously, it's not going to be the final match, but Kofi is stepping into a major moment here with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35 on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. You guys are both on SmackDown. Have you had any conversations with him since this match has been officially announced? Has he asked any advice, or are you just, you know, especially supportive of a guy that you've known for so long? Kofi's been there for 11-plus years. Kofi's been there for 11-plus years, so I don't think he is all in you know superstars lives whether they they grab the bull by the horns or they let it slip away and i don't think kobe's the type of person to let it slip away i think something magical is going to happen at metlife stadium uh come sunday and i think people are going to really enjoy it all right Ms. You, you, you're 13 years yourself. We talked about how the people just love you now. The locker room didn't used to love you in the beginning. The people used to think of you as just a reality star in the beginning. You've come a long way to now transcend pro wrestling. You're on the reality circuit on USA Network. Do you think much about the legacy you're building? When we look at the guys that are going in the Hall of Fame this year, we ask them about, you know, what are they leaving behind? Is that on your mind now about what you're building so that – it could help you stand apart one day when you go up to that podium for the Hall of Fame? 
I always live in the present. You know, I try to, you know, obviously you try to prepare for the future and try to make sure that you're, you're putting your best foot forward. But when you're in the present and you're living in the now, you know, that's, that's where it's all, it all happens. And it's little steps. It's, it's, it's in a sprint. This is a marathon. And I've always set out since I first came to WWE that I'm not just, you know, going to think that I, I should be hoisted uh, to, the, to the top level main event caliber type talent. I had to work for it. Everything I've worked for, I, I, uh, I set this line uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Now, whatever I lack in talent, uh, I make up for with hard work, and I will beat any person that's more talented than me every day of the week because I work harder than them. And that's exactly what I'm going to continue to do. And if it fulfills a legacy, it fulfills a moment that a kid can take, uh, you know, that, that is with his family and maybe, you know, or she's with his family or her with his family and, and they can take it away. The kind of stuff that I want to bring and I want to generate. Like the way the Ultimate Warrior, I felt about Ultimate Warrior, I want kids to feel about that way with me. Amazing, amazing stuff. Amazing run you have been on to turn this around, to change lives, to change minds about who you are. I mean, look, Mike, you had a mountaintop moment at 27. We always talk about that with John Cena, even though that, that rock guy kind of stole the thunder there. Um, I've been saying it ever since your 2016 turnaround, when you when you reminded people that, that you're building something here, you're building the Hall of Fame resume. I want to see you close the damn show at Mania one more time. How do we get there? You know, you just keep working at it. I mean, my, my, uh, I'm, I always have a hardcore work ethic. How do you get there? You just keep doing it. And then once you get the opportunity, you take that opportunity. I always say luck equals, you know, preparation. When, when luck happens, when preparation and opportunity meet. And all I, I'm, I'm well prepared. All I need is the opportunity. And, you know, that's when uh, things will really happen. I, and I honestly think they are happening. You know, you look at WrestleMania 27. I was the main event. And now you look at today's match against Shane McMahon. I think people are looking at this match like it's bigger than my main event match, what you make of matches, the stories you tell, that the people that get invested into everything you're doing. I mean, never in my wildest dreams did I think a, par a kid from Parma, Ohio, would ever get on the real world, then become a WWE superstar. I mean, right now, I have a Snickers bar with my with my name, like with my my catchphrase on it. Awesome. Like they made a Snickers bar named after me. Like people can get that at Dollar General. Like that is crazy. It is nuts to me. And so, you know, how do you get that? You just keep working. You keep doing what you're doing. And sometime or another, things are going to happen. And you never know what's going to happen. I didn't get a Snickers bar whenever I had my name on it. You know, now it does. And, you know, so you never know what's going to happen. But you always have to be prepared and always be ready and take that, take that opportunity. I think Kobe's going to do it. And then you know who else thinks going to do it? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is in the main event going up against Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. It's the first time ever that all women are representing WWE in the main event of WrestleMania. And I think that is a high-level caliber match, and everybody fights for that. And I think these women absolutely deserve it. And, well, Mike, you can pinch yourself for all the things you've accomplished. Is your greatest accomplishment batting so far out of your league and landing Maurice that to this point I got to high-five you one more time, Mike? How the hell did this happen? You know, I, I, I pinch myself every day. Every morning I wake up and I look at her and I go, wow, I can't believe I have such a, an amazing person, not just on the outside, but on the inside too. You know, the love she has for not only our daughter, but the love she shows me is second to none. And you can really see the love and the chemistry that my wife has uh, on Miz and Mrs. That's, that's one of the things that I, that, another thing we're proud of. You know, we're proud to show our relationship uh, on on a global you know uh, a show, and I think people can really see the the love that we have for each other. And she's just an amazing person. And Ms. we'll get you out of here on this. We are CBS Sports, after all. I got to ask you, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, is this actually finally turning around for your Cleveland Browns? I think it all started with uh, John Dorsey. Uh, John Dorsey picking Baker Mayfield. Yep. And that kind of just set up for everything to start going. And to be honest, it didn't just start with John Dorsey because Sashi Brown brought all those picks to us. Now, granted, we got all those picks because our team was terrible, right. horrible. But John Dorsey knew what to do with them. 
and he picked up Baker Mayfield, who has a different representation. He, is an, he has an attitude with him that I think it represents what the Cleveland Browns need to be. And then you bring in Jarvis Landry, who Jarvis brings in, you know, Odell Beckham, who are best friends from LSU. You have Nick Chubb. You have Najoku. You have a potent offense. You put in Freddie Kitchens. Uh, who has an amazing chemistry and bond with, with Baker Mayfield. I think this is the team to beat next year. Uh, and it's funny. People always said, you know, you're crazy. Uh, you know, whenever I say the Browns are going to do well. But this is the first time I think people are actually believing. Cleveland is the hottest team right now. And I think they're America's team. And I think they're going to the Super Bowl. And I am not crazy. And you oh. heard it here, for, here for first, folks. I was going to ask you to call your shot and have them make the playoffs. You're putting them in the Super playoffs. Bowl. Playoffs. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but come on, you Adam, you know this guy swings big. I mean, we just we just established that. Look, I, I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm taking their place at the cellar right now, so they can enjoy. I, I'm I'm proud of the Browns. I'm happy for the Miz. Talk about shooting your shot. This guy, the Miz, continues to blow us away. We'll see him Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, WWE Network for WrestleMania 35 against Shane McMahon, and you can see him every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern on the USA Network. Miz and Mrs. Get the network right, you jabroni. Miz, great talking to you, brother. Go get him on Sunday. You too. Thank you guys very much. Have a good one. It has been awesome. I thought all WWE reality shows were on E. What do I know, Adam? All right? <laughs> well, it works out well because it's on 10 p.m. Eastern on the USA Network every Tuesday after the show that he's on, SmackDown. I so, thought that was Crisley. I don't know. What no, they're 1030. So it, it – uh, it worked out really well um, that we got Miz on, especially the show just came back, I think, this past Tuesday. And obviously he's in a huge match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. That's exciting. That is one of actually the longer told stories that WWE has given us. It's really dated back to that best in the world situation at uh, that pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, look, I-, I thought Miz was fantastic. Obviously, I love asking him about sports and for him to you know, give a shout out to the Browns as... Super Bowl champions, by the way, um, that's a stretch, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> but I, but I do think they're going to make the playoffs this year. So I was happy to talk to. Him Otto about Graham's it. not walking through that door, Miz. Right? Yeah. See, the thing, if you do though, if you actually like uh, George and if you like Marjo, you got to watch this show because it's Marjo is hysterical. Marjo is. L- let me put it this way: last week on this past week on the show, she's walking around naked, giving bacon to dogs. That happened on the show. So wow, all right, yeah. and it was a storyline. Is anyone else on that show naked? Uh, no. All right. Well, uh, that, yeah, the Miz. Actually, the Miz. The Miz yeah, gets naked on I've the show. I've seen the promo with his dad <laughs> yeah. bod. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh no, that is not Nick Costos or Valvina's coming through that door. All right, all right. It's not the Miz either. Yeah, great chat. Look, I, I really look. I've always been a Miz fan. Going back to the real world, I thought 2016 changed the his future, but. He's really done a lot to add to that since 2016. I mean, look, heading into that that John Cena match two years ago at Mania, that wasn't a main event, but that had a main event-like push to it. I do hope he gets his moment. I think as a heel, he has, like, I don't think it even has to be Daniel Bryan on the other side. I think you can do the Miz AJ Styles that actually could main event the show for the big belt at some point, and it Title. would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, for a pay-per-view. Or Rollins or whatever. For a pay-per-view. How though? about Mania? It, I don't think... See, like, I love The Miz, and I want him in a big match every year at Mania, but I don't know that we're going to get that main event All right, how about again. face Roman against heel Miz top in Mania, brother? Well, if it was going to be anyone, it would be it would be Roman. There's no question about it. Um, it look, I just... I thought... But I think the best part of that interview was you bringing up Daniel Bryan and us kind of being down on how that feud ended. It kind of ended abruptly with Daniel Bryan winning that number one contendership. And then he, you know, he didn't appear at uh, that Saudi Arabia show, and then he eventually got that chance against AJ Styles, won the title, and everything just kind of fizzled from there. I loved that Miz said, "This is not over. There is more to this feud. We will we'll revisit yes, it, yes. and it's not over because I want a climax to that feud of Miz being WWE or Universal Champion at some point, and Daniel Bryan beating him for the title in the match that we all want at a major show. In fact, we thought that would be at WrestleMania 35 this year." Maybe that winds up at WrestleMania 36 next year. Interesting. I love Silver's King using words like climax. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. Wow, this show got weird. Uh, thank you to the Miz. Thank you to Kofi Kingston. Hey, in terms of uh, Mania on Sunday, we did a full preview, as you know. But on the MMA dirt sheets today, not the wrestling ones, the MMA ones, it's looking like Lesnar, Daniel Cormier in talks for a possible August date. 
Hmm. So we talked about it on the Wednesday Mania preview ad nauseum. Does Vince have the balls to keep the title on Brock on Sunday so that he enters the octagon in a few months wearing that red belt title? Horrible. No. Please. God. Stop. <sighs> all right. Hey, that's the show. All right. It's time to say goodbye. Are you kidding me? Stick it right in No, the that's the wrong But That's disgusting. It's time to say goodbye. Hey, we used to say goodbye in other ways. Remember that? Yeah, but Macho Man's best. Remember we used to do things with that other guy? All right. All right. Let's go out the way we can. Interview's over. You understand? Done. Follow us. Listen to us. A lot of great content still to come. WrestleMania 35. Week. State of Combat is your home. Enjoy. Thank you. We out.